0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Flying Entrepreneur's Podcast. Today, I'm honored to be interviewing one of my special friends, the author and the growth consultant, Neder Sabri. Nader is the author of the best-selling book, Ready, Set, Growth Hack, A Beginner's Guide to Growth Hacking Success. We will discuss with him his book, but we will also discuss other subjects that concerns young entrepreneurs and small businesses. Welcome Mr. Nader.
1: Thank you, thank you very much for having me on board here today. Thank you for the invitation. Thank
0: you for being here with me today. Thank you. So, can you tell me please uh, about yourself? People sure. are waiting.
1: Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> well, no, thanks for the introduction and, and thanks for the invitation. Uh, so essentially, like uh, I've been building organizations and helping them grow for the last 25 years, and um, through those processes, and that ranges everything. Just to put some background to it, ranging from. Uh, startup companies to Fortune 500s and even governments wow. and um, it's been an exciting journey and and, and hence I put that journey into, into my book Ready, Set, Growth Hack which is a blueprint. So one of the biggest problems that young entrepreneurs face is um, they're always looking for a formula or the silver bullet and so the silver bullet has got to be one of the most dangerous things that an entrepreneur is looking for. So silver bullet I mean is like they're looking for just that one thing that will change everything and there's never really one thing that changes everything. It's usually made up of uh, many, many things that are involved. And when those many things that are involved, um, they, they, they will help them kind of figure out how to get to their own formula. So word of caution to many of entrepreneurs that are listening here. Um, if you find like this get rich quick schemes, like you can make money really quick with this program that can do this stuff for you in 30 days or you should run away from those kinds of things. Yes. Uh, they don't actually work. Um, and so we solved that with my book by putting a blueprint that helps you find your own formula wow. and your own formula is unique to the way unique way to how you grow not how everybody else grows and that's ultimately uh, What this is all about and a lot of entrepreneurs when they hear this they're like, well, you know if I was the benchmark or copy or uh, Alter, you know adjust what um, you know, what Jeff Bezos did or Bill Gates or, or even the guy in their neighborhood who's run a successful pizza company yeah. the problem is that You know, they're in a different time, they're in a different era, different circumstances, different world conditions, different technologies, different innovations. Everything is really, really different. Different types of people. So, if you were to cologne the success story of of a single individual and kind of like replicate it, it will never come out the same way. True, I agree. Right? So, that's what the the book is, is, let's call it the core principle behind it. We will talk
0: about the book and I find it very, very interesting. uh, I heard a lot about it. I haven't read it yet, but, yep. uh, but I'm very, very excited to read it. Yep. Uh, but before that, uh, let's start talking about uh, the most trending subject. And I've seen you discussing it in a lot of webinars with a lot of uh, big uh, corporations here in Dubai and big associations. The trending subject of the impact of COVID-19 on small yep. businesses. You've been, you've been living COVID-19 as all of us yeah and you've been seeing it from another way yeah so
1: so so okay so COVID-19 is a um, it's an interesting situation we're all in pain because of it Uh, what's unique is that we're all suffering together there's not I, I, I genuinely don't know a single person who is dramatically benefiting out of this yeah. so there's always say somebody must be really winning and there must be yeah. somebody winning but it's a it's a minority of a minority so we're yeah. all kind of in this together yeah. but ultimately I did a really important talk literally on April 1st you know we started with a joke we thought it was April 1st let's pinch ourselves and see if this is really COVID-19 but unfortunately it was a, <laughs> a real thing okay <laughs> yeah. and um, so so what happened was I, I, I titled it COVID-19 not end of the world because a lot of people were searching things like end of the world or end of times and and people like completely freaked out because uh, of the uncertainty coming with this thing but the reality is that we're actually inside one of the largest opportunities in history being created as we speak the challenge is that we're grinding at the bottom of this thing well we're not exactly at the bottom of it yet um the way it works is what i call an evolutionary revolutionary cycle so evolutionary Uh, and this happens to everybody as an individual as an organization as a country as a society we all go through evolutionary revolutionary cycles how it works is an evolution is basically you grow something happens and then you learn and then you continue to kind of grow on the same line okay then a revolution comes okay so let me just give you a couple examples before we get to revolution so 2008 2001 you know 1983 1992 these are all kind of flashpoints economically where there's been changes that start for example big changes yeah so the last one we had was in the financial sector. Yes. Prior to that was in the tech sector. And so it starts in a sector and it has become systemic and then what you look back at it, it's what we call a correction, okay? Oh. So a correction is technically an evolution. It's not the a revolution.
0: Process, the, or the process happening after. Uh...
1: Exactly, so it's like a bump on the road, right? Okay. So it's not like a, you're, you're not falling off a cliff, it's a bump on the road. Okay. It feels like you're falling off a cliff but that's not the case because of short-sightedness. All right. The revolutionary cycle is when there's a massive change where the conditions, okay, so conditions being the rules, this is the most significant understanding of the difference between evolution and revolution, okay? Yeah. Evolution is the rules stay the same, but the players change and they change the uh, way they play. Okay. A revolution is the rules change.
0: Historically, yeah. have we seen any revolution happen in the... In the financial sector in our time
1: yes i mean not not in the time that i've been living uh you know these happen if you take a look at, it, they happen almost every hundred years all
0: right so the so last with, kind of with, with the spanish flu for example
1: yeah i mean i didn't live it so i don't yes, know sure. but if you look at it i mean it resembles a lot of where we are right yes. now but there's a difference in context right so so it's it is a revolutionary cycle but what happens is the context so for example today we have uh, advancements in medicine we have advancements in psychology we have advancements in tech advancements in society so it's a very different world than when people would look at the Spanish room and be like oh this oh. must be something magical happening oh, okay. and we can't control it right? right today we know what it well oh. at, to some extent we know what it is yeah. to, to be fair yes. so so the challenge why people are feeling, feeling uncertainty right now is because the rules are changing okay the rules have not settled in yet so as the rules change there are basically two ways you play within the change of rules. One is you become a creator of change of rules or you become a contributor or a participant of change of rules. On. One is more passive, the other is more active. Okay? okay, Neither one of the two are right or wrong. What it means is you need to understand where you fit and how that rule may change. So you may start out as a, a contributor to change of the rules and eventually become a creator of new rules. Or it could be the other way around. Or you may just stay Can as one of them. Can you give me an
0: example of a rule, for example, that is yep. changing? change.
1: Well, the way the speed technology is working right now. So one of the biggest rules of change is, is how everything has become virtual, right? Yes. And it's a changing rule. It's not, it's not settled in yet. So prior to COVID, I mean, we would probably be connecting with everybody we're talking to right now at a physical event. Yes. Right? And we all love physical events because we need to connect because we're humans. Yes. What's happened in the last nine months is we've gotten very, very virtual. We've gotten more comfortable to the idea that I can now connect with almost anybody on the planet on a single topic within 45 minutes organized within a matter of a few days for costs that uh, would have normally made, taken me hundreds of thousands of dollars to figure out, right? Yeah. So that's a major change in rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, major change in rules uh, in education, for example, mm-hmm. is, is an excellent one as well. Yes. The delivery of education, okay? Travel, which is you know what we're talking about in your audience. I mean, that is a rule that's being changed right now, yes. right? Uh, travel became a big business because it became very uh, reachable and accessible to yeah. many people. Costs were going down. Many more locations were being opened up. The appetite for access to travel over the last two decades has become phenomenally um, usable by almost everybody, right? right? So, travel, you know, almost two, three decades ago was either for business or some form of a necessity, and a minority was leisure, right? right. As we shifted, it became the other way around, no. right? Yeah. So, there's a change. There's a change that's taking place, and there are new rules being written.
0: Okay, so now we discussed the rules. Yeah. Now, Contributors and uh, leaders. Yes. Right. Creators. Yeah. Creators. Yeah. So, who are the creators now of these rules? Yes.
1: So it's a are good question. Are they
0: businesses or are they regulators or are they... So
1: here's the cool thing about what's happening that most people don't see. Uh, I wrote an article about it. It's it's called you know what how to prosper in 2021 five trends. So. They're all built on what I call micro opportunities. Okay, so if you've noticed in the last nine months, um, you've been building your community and the people around you on micro level. You're no longer working on on macro level anymore, yeah. right? That's you working with like five, ten guys, and you're actually working towards solving a problem. Sure. So. So many people believe um, you have to be like the big beast to make change, which is not true. So imagine if there's a machine with a whole bunch of uh, wheel, the gears, right? Yeah. And and so there's these big gears that you've been used to that make change. But if the small gear stops working, the big gears cannot work. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yes. The smallest gear right now has the power to change the biggest gear. Uh,
0: so It's incredible. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think now we are in, in the era where small businesses could have a big impact on, yes. on regulations.
1: Abs- well, absolutely. I mean, regulations are, by nature are slow, okay? So I think they'll have impact. But I th- see, the, an entrepreneur has two really important resources. He's, he or she is creative and they're highly resourceful, okay? Yes. In change of context and what's happening, the more creative and more resourceful you become, then the more likely you're to succeed, okay? okay. So in today's world, we have kind of two type of entrepreneurs. Okay, prior to COVID, we had about 90 plus percent of entrepreneurs are voluntary entrepreneurs, people like myself who have a entrepreneurial background and voluntarily go into it. Mm-hmm. Then we have what's changing now; it's kind of shifting the other way is involuntary entrepreneurs. And I'm assuming a lot of the people in your group are involuntary entrepreneurs. All in, involuntary entrepreneurs are basically people who are employed or in the corporate sector. And then all of a sudden, find themselves unemployed, and find the only way for them to make money is through emplo- uh, through entrepreneurship. Yes. So, so we have an emerging class of entrepreneurs, which are are are, are uh, non voluntary entrepreneurs. Yes. And their needs and their strategies
0: are different. Yes. All right. And we'll talk about them today. Yeah. Yes. We'll, yes. This podcast is for them. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Love it. After talking about the impact of COVID-19 on small businesses and even big corporations, now there is something going on, something beautiful going on. Vaccines. Yeah. Vaccines are getting uh, developed. People are talking about uh, vaccination of the whole yep. world. Yeah. UK and France are starting. As soon as possible, UK. I think in the next two weeks, France uh, by first of January. Do you think that is uh, that we are close to the recovery? Do you think that it's gonna take time?
1: Yeah. What do you think? Well, so so first off, I mean, I'm I'm definitely not a scientist, so I'm not an expert in what the vaccination is. But my perspective on this is a bit different. Um,
0: I want your point of view in the business report. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, no exactly. I'll, I'll talk about what this is about and then how it how it has implication on business. so awesome. so so ultimately, if you if you notice at the beginning, I was talking about there's no silver bullet. Yes. and everybody's treating the vaccination as a silver bullet. true. Very and now are people starting to see the holes that it's ninety percent effective and it's like you know they're starting to recognize that it may not be as the solution, okay? Mm-hmm. In my opinion, the solution has nothing to do with the vaccination actually, okay. Uh. The reason the virus spreads is because of ignorance, actually. That's why it spreads. That's why lockdowns are important, although we hate them. But ultimately, the real problem is not the vaccination. The real problem is what you eat. And the food supply chain has been corrupted for many years. Uh, So when I say quality food, I don't mean a good-tasting burger, although we all love to eat a good-tasting burger. What I'm talking about are the sub-ingredients inside it and how that burger was made, right? Or the fries or whatever it is that you decide to eat, regardless of your diet the reason I say that is that the only way for you to fight anything is your immune system and guess what your immune system doesn't have a silver bullet I can't I can't help your immune system my immune system everyone's immune system in the same way everyone's immune system works differently there's no silver bullet but the common denominator is food if you put in good quality food you have a good output so if I'm eating good quality food I would naturally be able to fight all kinds of viruses i would have less colds i'd be a lot more productive i probably wouldn't get what's called the uh, cloudy mind you know we have a nice carb meal and we're half asleep and and i need the carb for the energy and it's cheaper than, than other types of food and here i am i can't focus right so yeah. we, we've all got this problem one way or the other so so i think the solution to it is is not the vaccination it's actually changing the way that we do things it's an input output thing
0: and i think i've yep. seen i've seen some improvements in the way we perceive fitness and uh, yes. uh, diets oh, and healthy lifestyle in this uh, in this period yep. this pandemic do you agree
1: i uh, know i totally agree i mean uh, the reason being is because we had to stop and recognize what's important to us and health is obviously the number one topic and so we step back and realize like i was neglecting working out because i didn't have time or suppose i didn't have time or i wasn't spending enough time cooking my meals because good quality food does need a bit more time so everybody started cooking better people started exercising more people started spending more time so with family do, th- do you think yeah.
0: this is more important than the vaccine
1: yeah absolutely all right. absolutely because you see ultimately as strange as my sound the happier you are <laughs> the more likely to actually be able to fight whatever it is that is that, that, that's there so stress is the number one killer right unfortunately stress cannot be diagnosed
0: all right so let's go to yeah. some uh... Some, yeah. it's, it's not uh, it's not science yeah. it's not uh, we're just gonna be imagining now yeah. me and you yep how do you see the world in three months by March how do you think life will be how do you think business will be do we, are we gonna see uh, an increase still in uh, virtual uh, meetings and in yeah. virtual and e-commerce and yep. all that? Is is the things
1: going to go back to normal? No, no, it'll continue like this for a while in all reality. So uh, in March when this pandemic started, most people if you remember were expected by May or June. That was kind of the the theory. And I would tell people it is going to take a year and a half. People would they would look at me like, hey, you're nuts. I mean, this is crazy. You're being, um, you're being um, a pessimist. I said, no, I'm a realist, actually. Uh, if I'm an, op- you know, I'm, I'm an optimist by nature, but a pessim not a pessimist, but sorry, a realist by, by training. Yes, okay? Sure. And so the reality is that this is gonna take a year and a half from m- March of last year. Now, that is if everything stays linear. Linear okay. meaning, Uh, and WHO was very clear about this, if all governments follow protocol at the same time, it would be solved very quickly. That's not what happened, and that's not what's going to happen either. Um, Because of this lack of consistency, um, where one country may lock down, another may not, one will apply a different standard, another will not, Um, this lack of inconsistency is gonna make this thing take longer, okay? So reality is that in three months, things are gonna look very much the same to what they look like right now. If anything, there'll probably be more lockdowns. In in my opinion, there'll be definitely more lockdown. Lockdown is not a bad thing. It sucks. Wow. It sucks, <laughs> but it's not a bad thing. Wow, because, and Martians yeah. and
0: still lockdowns.
1: I believe there will be, yeah, there will be more. Even of them.
0: with the vaccines, the Even... vaccine
1: will not solve it. I don't think it will solve this problem.
0: Airlines, of course, they are waiting. For example, many of yeah. the airlines here, they're waiting for countries. Yep. The, the reason why, for example, Emirates or Etihad, they're not flying to to certain places or and people they're not traveling yep. is because of the countries yep. saying. Well, there, see,
1: there's multiple layers to this. It's not just the countries. You gotta remember also that we have an economic problem. So people's spending power have decreased, right? And the cost of travel now because of this problem has gone up. So by nature, the amount of people who will be traveling are gonna be less for quite some time actually. And then it's gonna pick up. Yeah. So Emirates, I think they came up with a realistic prediction. They've come out with quite a few, but at the beginning of it, Tim Clark later said this is gonna take till twenty twenty four, four years. Wow. To me, I was like, that's an extremely realistic situation because he's not just calculating the situation as what we see, it. he's calculating impact and consequence. So impact and consequence can actually be more painful than being inside the actual pandemic itself.
0: That's what he's looking uh, at. Yeah. So let's uh, let's be a little bit. uh... Uh, positive, well, but no, no, it's no. not
1: about being now, See, here, let's be realistic. Yeah. What's going to happen is people's travel behavior is going to change, sure. right? So, staycations are going to be massive,
0: yeah. huge
1: business, right? Yeah. What it means is rather than people four times a year traveling eight hours, eight hour trips or 12 hour trips, um, they'll be making may- maybe more trips, but in sh- much more shorter distances in localities that are very close to where they live.
0: I notice people, yeah. they are actually uh, really, really willing to travel. I they need from, to travel. Yeah. They need
1: it. They need it, and we all need it. I agree. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I've
0: been. I've been to, to. I've been to France. I've been talking to yeah. my friends. I've been to talking to my yeah. family in Tunisia also. Yeah. People are really, really willing to. The people are suffocating.
1: I know. I know. I, me too. All of us. And I mean all of us. I mean, the thing is, like, um, you know, safety comes first, right? Uh, I, I don't want to die. Neither do you. <laughs> and exactly. if it means me not getting on a plane, then I'm definitely not getting on a plane. But. The point is that uh, a lot of people are gonna be rethinking it. People who did necessity travel, so businesses uh, who are probably the largest spenders on, on the plane have recognized that I don't need to be outside as much as, much as I can do everything over Zoom. Oh, right. So business travel so, is so gonna decrease. P- yeah.
0: Let's finish with the yep. subject of COVID-19 yep. by yeah, absolutely. by an advice from an expert. Yep. Why? What should entrepreneurs do yep. now, like right now? Yep. We have the vaccines in front of us, we yep. have a potential yep. better future. Yep. What should they do? What should so,
1: they do? a good entrepreneur is about solving problems and creating value while solving those problems, right? I agree. So, what your audience needs to be thinking about is what are the problems out there and how do you solve them in a unique way but also create value at the same time. If you find the equation for that, then all of a sudden you find yourself making money. Okay, it's not an easy equation. Of course, we make it sound much easier than yeah. it is. And since we're talking about travel, I think that people need to be thinking about, see travel, if you look at it, is a form of an escape. We're talking leisure, not business yes. right now, yeah. okay? And so people will be finding new ways to escape. And that's the kind of problems that people in your audience need to be thinking about. You know, how does your everyday or let let's say average four person family who is stressed out because of all, all kinds of reasons they need they need a weekend getaway or they need a one week they need a not again let's go. they need an escape how do you create solutions that allow these people to escape because that's what travel is about see yeah. travel is not just about getting on a plane I, I can travel by train i can travel by bus i can travel by foot i can travel by bike if i wanted to True. (laughs) you need to look at travel in its broadest sense because it's not just getting on an airplane Um, I know of of course we're talking to an audience of uh, cabin crew here So everything is related to getting on a plane, but this is about being resourceful um, and being very creative so Understanding the experience of travel becoming as a cabin crew from the aviation industry sets a certain standard that you understand How to work with people who want to escape you need to think out of the box.
0: The most entrepreneurs here in our group—they are mostly of e-commerce, okay, uh, digital marketing, okay, creativity from photo shoot to video shoots and okay. uh, videography, and even design, accessories, and fashion. Very wide range. So, they're, they're, so we are in very different. We are not really focusing on travel businesses, but that mm, might yeah. be very interesting. Uh, Dubai, I think, from my point of view, Dubai is going to be big. In yep. the coming, uh, the coming year. I'm hearing people coming to Dubai for New Year's Eve. Yeah, uh, party place. Party place. Yeah. Uh, I hear people planning to come to Dubai for the Expo. Dubai is gonna be big. Dubai yeah. handled very well the Absolutely. Pandemic. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think we Dubai, UAE is one of yeah. the only places now that we don't they're have leading. a lot. Yeah. We don't have any lockdown and we don't Absolutely. have any restrictions. You've got yeah. France is. Uh, well, that's why we have demand, right? People yeah. are
1: escaping locations that have lockdown, yeah. and they're coming here. And so it's a good and a bad thing. I mean, it's good because it drives demand. Uh, It's a scary thing because, hey, I mean, are you following protocol where you are? Because if you're escaping protocol where you are and you're coming here not to follow protocol, we got a local problem. Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, But but I
0: I think with all the PCR tests, with all the control that they have, they've been very efficient with that. They've been Uh, very good at it. Yeah, they've been very good at it, absolutely. So I, I think now it's time for entrepreneurs, as you said, to start being Creative. creative, absolutely. See, so,
1: so to address your question of diversity of your group, like Looking at other things other than travel, I think what they need to think about is how do you take the, what I call them transferable capabilities? So yeah. if you're really good at customer service in the travel industry in a high stress situation, yeah. how do you take that and take that resourcefulness and creativeness and apply it somewhere else? Yeah. So how do you apply it to e commerce or design or whatever it is that you All want to right.
0: apply? One very, yep. also sorry to interrupt yep. you, but you have been in Dubai for many years.
1: Yeah, 19 years total. Yeah, yeah, it's years. a long
0: time. Wow, yeah. amazing. <laughs> I was yeah. uh, 13 yeah, I think. Sure. Uh, oh wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> important. Very important and delicate question. People are looking for jobs here in UAE. Yeah. The salaries went down. There's not a lot of companies recruiting. Yeah. Do you think all these companies that they fired or made redundant, yep. some of their employees. Do you think there'll be uh, recruiting soon? Do you think there is opportunities of jobs wow. in the future?
1: I don't have the exact answer to it, but you got to keep in mind that this is a global phenomenon, so it's not isolated to here only. Uh, any conversation you have with almost anybody in the world is exactly the same scenario, right? Uh, whether you're the US, Canada, UK, even in Asia, it's the same problem. Um, so ultimately, every nation is going to solve this problem in a different way. Um, it's a, you know This is a policymaker question, uh, <laughs> more or less than anything, because ultimately there's definitely some economic changes that are required or structures to the economy that need to change so ultimately from my perspective is the cost of living is one of the biggest barriers in in Dubai to creating cash flow for people to take risk yeah. right and so remember we were talking about the involuntary entrepreneurs so Dubai is very conducive to involuntary entrepreneurs mm-hmm. the question is um, do they have the cash flow to take risk to do that you need to lower the cost of living or create new solutions that allow people to Uh, reconfigure their lifestyle in a way where they still have a quality lifestyle, they're still safe, but they're able to take risk through the existing cash flow they've got or generate new cash flow. It's important to remember that the UAE, uh, although it does really big things, is a very small market, actually. It's it's, it's 9 million people, it's it's, it's, it's not a big market. And accessibility is one of the most important things related to the UAE. So being able, like Emirates, for example, its success is because it crosses borders, right? And so you'll find that a good chunk of businesses here rely on cross-border capability. And cross-border capability, although you may have the capability, may be very different actually. In in the next little while, how that's going to work. So yeah. we need to wait and see.
0: Do you think jobs will be opening? This is good. I hope so. This is, this is I, hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Because yeah. I've seen a lot of companies. They made redundant a lot of their employees yep. but at some point i think when demand will come back i think we will see an increase of uh, job
1: yeah i mean I, I think like this will take time all oh, right so okay. this is going to take time because um t- at, at, for jobs to be created there has to be people spending money okay okay so for people to spend money you need scalability and consumption to take place sure so the, it's, a, it's, an, it's a chicken or egg situation here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Yeah. Okay. So now, yeah. after
0: we closed, uh, yeah. it took us a little bit yeah. uh, longer than we expected. No problem. I decided to do this interview with you as a freestyle. Yes, We did absolutely. not plan a lot. Yeah. And uh, we did not, yeah, I didn't even send you the questions before. Yeah. Because I think that this is the best way to get oh, things out yeah. of the guests. So now, let's talk a little bit about your book. Sure, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Ready, set, growth hack. A Beginner's Guide to Growth Hacking Success. What is it about?
1: So, it's, um, it's essentially, it, it answers um, a very crucial question that I had over building companies for the last 25 years. Uh, there are certain companies that grow and other companies that don't. And there's some that start growing and do not grow later, and some start growing at the beginning and never grow again, right? And so when you frame that thinking, it, it, it sets out a process for us to understand why certain companies grow and other companies do not. Growth itself is a is a science in itself, believe it or not, and it's it's kind of a weird thing because I tell people that like, huh, I never heard of it. I, when I went to school, it was kind of just called other things. Yes. Business school, right? Yeah. And and so growth is a is a, is its own kind of unique area. And growth hacking. Is a new emerging discipline that governs all those principles of exponential growth so exponential growth is essentially growing at a high speed in a short period of time as quickly as possible okay that's exp- exponential growth and i'm just simplifying it
0: yeah it's not the silver bullet but it's uh, the
1: it's blueprint important. how to do that build exactly that. how to build it and so the blueprint starts with what i call uh, warfare mechanics and asymmetrical warfare Uh, Using underdog tactics. So these are three principles that I train on both online in my training courses and in the book Um, These are essentially how somebody who is a small player Beats a bigger player happens all the time most people don't believe this but if you look at you know blockbuster versus Netflix or Amazon versus Barnes & Nobles or um, Western digital versus Dropbox or Airbnb versus whatever hotel brand you want to talk about Um, in every single scenario you have an asymmetrical situation where a smaller guy is able to disrupt and change the rules and take massive market share. And this process can be repeated over and over again. Yeah. And that's what we look at. Wow.
0: And yeah? uh, growth hacking, where can we use it? Like, uh, Can we use yeah. it in your, our like, small businesses as big businesses?
1: Absolutely. In fact, it's better applied in smaller businesses than larger businesses because uh, it's all about how you take risks. So smaller businesses are more willing to take risk, And so growth hacking is like a natural extension of what they do. Larger businesses growth hack as well, but their appetite for risk is nowhere near as a smaller, more hungry entrepreneur who really wants to grow. By the way, growth hacking became, its processes became best known because of unicorns. And unicorns are billion dollar valued startup companies who their only way of growth was growth hacking. That's well, That's the secret behind it. All right, so yeah. just a question. Yeah.
0: Growth hacking, is it a process? It's a process, is yeah. Is it a process, or yeah. is, it, uh, is it choices to make? Is
1: well, it, I mean, it... every process has choices inside it. So growth hacking, it, it, the definition I use is a very simplistic but very powerful definition. Um, it's essentially getting disproportionate results. Disproportionate results, meaning I want to put one unit of input and get 10 units of output, okay? okay. When you're not growing, you're putting ten units of effort and getting one output, right? Okay. And that doesn't work. That's 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 a uh, an equation that doesn't work for anybody. What you want is you want to be able to put one effort in and get ten units of result out. And that disproportionate situation, that's growth hacking. That's what we focus on. All right, amazing. Yeah.
0: Do, you, do you put that in your book as, as, as yeah. a plan or as a... It's a blueprint,
1: it's a blueprint. It's a blueprint. Yeah, okay, so we so. walk we walk through the principles, like we talk about like a mechanical, the mechanics of uh, warfare, asymmetrical war, warfare. We talk about uh, underdog tactics, so how a smaller player will win in a larger situation. And then we walk through the process, which is called a growth cycle. A growth cycle, we look at the growth problem, the hacking process and then we look at scale. So scaling is what we call full-scale operations. There's a huge confusion in that area because people build growth hacks that work towards scale and then they fail and they're like, I scaled it, why did it not work? It's because it wasn't turned into full-scale operations. So we walk through the full process from A to Z. It's a step-by-step process that shows people exactly how to do that. Do
0: do you give examples of company There's a lot of examples in there. So
1: we have examples, we have about 50, Uh, 50 proven uh, cases inside there and 88 tools to get you started Uh, and it's a step-by-step blueprint So you literally you you read with a pen Uh, Mm -hmm. while you're in the book you 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 know I encourage people go ahead and mark up the book and we have spaces designed in the book exactly for that yeah. all
0: right and yeah. you put that in the online training
1: online training is an extension of the book where we go way deeper right okay so when we go way deeper it's almost like when we look at the principles of asymmetrical warfare we go very deep into real life examples and how they did it and how do you take that and extract it into what you do right. so we go, we go yeah a bit deeper in, in, into how to actually do Wow, that. amazing! Yeah. i'm, I'm yeah. so
0: excited to yeah. put uh, the yeah. link and uh, i'm gonna share it with my colleagues and i'm sure yep. there will be very interesting i think growth hacking will be an introduction yep. for scaling uh, and uh, getting the most out yep. of our businesses and i'm really really uh, excited to read your book and to get your you. uh, your online training
1: thank you
0: now we get to the end sure. of our podcast uh, and i'll end it with some positivity i sure, hope absolutely and i <laughs> I yeah. want you, if you don't mind, giving us some advices for all okay. the young entrepreneurs that are trying to grow. They're trying to get customers. They're trying to to build brands. You know what they're doing, yeah. And, and building a network around their their brand. Yeah. What do, What do you advise us?
1: So the best advice I can give is. Um, you need to find a problem to solve. Okay. The problem with problem solving is that uh, everybody is a problem solver, but you've never been told you're a problem solver. So when you went to school, they didn't say, Oh, we're training you to be a problem solver, right? When you're at work, they they don't tell you you're being trained to be a problem solver, right? And so you need to get out of this mindset that I am a, I'm a technician, I'm a pilot, I'm a cabin crew. No, at the end of the day, you're a problem solver. That's what you do. Okay. The better and faster you can solve a problem and add more value in that process, the more likelihood of you making a lot of money, all right. right? And so if there's anything I can leave you with, is find a problem that a lot of people have that is not being solved, or it's not being solved well, or there's a bit more room for improvement, start solving it and finding ways to create value.
0: Yeah, I think it's all, yeah. uh, it's, it's all goes around problem solving and, and giving value. Exactly thank you very much Nether. that was a really really pleasure uh, for me to have you here thank you so much again Uh, guys this is the end of our podcast Uh, I hope you guys liked it I will put the links for the book and for the training thank you for listening and I will see you in the next episode bye bye